There is an aspect to the Steelers draft plans that is impacted by some of the recent drafts that I think we haven't talked about enough. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We'll talk about that as well as building around some different types of weapons in the offense, all from questions you have here on the show. It's going to be a fun Friday episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? This game is definitely for you then. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or just look it up in app stores. Listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word, in the game. More on that later. But... We've done a lot of talking and examining, and we will continue to do a lot of talking and examining of this draft class and what the Steelers need to need to do to exploit the best parts of this draft class to be ready for the 2023 season and build their nucleus for the future to get back to being championship competitors. But I think there's an aspect of this that we haven't touched on. And it's something that's based off of what I think the Steelers were trying to do with their last two first-round picks. Those were, of course, quarterback Kenny Pickett last year and running back Najee Harris the year before. Now, both of them are talented guys and were arguably the best of their positions in each of those years and were in positions of need for the Steelers. But they both were also a style of leader that I think the Steelers were particularly looking for in trying to get ready for whatever this new era is going to be. And I think that that is a big reason why they picked those players, not just for their skills and their talents and, and, you know, their positions and the needs from the positions, but also because Mike Tomlin and this, and, and the front office, they realize, and I know that Kevin Colbert picked those guys and Omar Khan's the GM now, but I think there was a general re- realization that the Steelers needed to find new leaders inside the locker room on the field, guys who could be tone centers and flag bearers for the franchise, for the team in the coming years. They drafted those guys before for years. And I think that for a while they stopped really prioritizing those types of players. We're looking for more like, Hey, let's get talent guys. Let's get guys that fit this different role here, this different role there. I mean, look back at the history before Najee Harris. He wasn't a first round pick, but Chase Claypool was their first pick of the 2020 uh, NFL draft. He was not a leader type player. He was more of just a big receiver who could fit in and maybe become a playmaker. And he was a really good playmaker for his rookie year, Devin Bush, whereas he was a playmaker at the linebacker position and looked like he could develop into a leader. He wasn't necessarily a big leader for Michigan. Terrell Edmonds, good role, good, valuable role player who could play safety and, and do things here and there. But again, not like the bona fide leader of, of his team at Virginia tech, TJ Watt. I think, 
might be one of the exceptions, but again, TJ Watt, he's even more so with the Steelers. He leads by example. He's not necessarily the guy that's that that's that's in the locker room yelling at everybody, say you know, leading the guys into the charge. That's still more Cam Hayward. Um, you know, you look at Artie Burns. Bud Dupree, I think the last one that, that you could say before Pickett and Shazier, or Pickett and Harris was Ryan Shazier. He was a leader leader type player, and he was becoming a leader for the Steelers before his injury ended, ended his career. But I think that the Steelers recognize that, hey, they have, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, planning, luck, you know, development, whatever they've developed new leaders on defense cam hayward's been carrying the torch i think tj watts a good example leader i think Micah fitzpatrick is one of those vocal leaders that fires everyone up and i think that he's going to be one for quite some time for the steelers um i, I think that they they've found some of those guys on defense but with ben roethlisberger marquis pouncey david DeCastro, all those guys gone from the offense I think the Steelers recognized they needed those type of offensive players last year. And here's the thing. They could still add to that this year, but I'm not so sure they need to if they feel like they've really gotten the guys in Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, a supreme leader. I think that his leadership is one of his best qualities when he was coming into the NFL draft. That's one thing I praised him for a lot, even last year when I was a little hesitant about them even picking him because I might want to gear up for this upcoming quarterback class. But the best thing about Kenny Pickett was that that guy was going to be on the field. He was going to lead. He was going to lead you in the locker room. He was going to be a film, you know, enthusiast and go over everything and be ultra preparing for his job. And I think that that's something that shouldn't be uh, overlooked as far as value. Najee Harris, another guy, student of the game, sets the tone. He's there to hype everyone else up. He's there to lift everyone else up. Those type of guys are important for an environment. The one thing I think that the Steelers might be looking for here if they're looking for another leader they might be looking for that type of presence on the offensive line as i've said before i think mason cole has steadied the offensive line but i don't think there's a a bona fide rally around me type of leader for the offensive line yet and frankly i'm not so sure the tackle position that there is one of those guys in the top group right now now typically it's tough to you know to, to know these things unless you talk to all the college coaches about who's a leader and who's this, that, and third. But when you look at, you know, the jerseys of Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, um, uh, Darnell Wright, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., all those top offensive tackle guys, they didn't have C's on their chest. And maybe that was just, you know, out of whatever. That was just, you know, that, they did, that, that, that maybe that's not a, a knock on their leadership skills. And that's not saying that they can't be leaders. But we know that though that Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett they were, and now they're tr they're trying to be that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're setting a tone in the offensive side of the room, trying to get guys together, trying to band this group together. You hear the way Najee Harris talks up Pat Frymuth. You hear the way that Kenny Pickett takes charge. Maybe they need a guy like that for the offensive line. And if it's not offensive tackle where they're going to find it, maybe it's at a position that we have been overlooking. It's something we talked about a little bit last week, and that's center. John Michael Schmitz, who to me is best my favorite center. If he's not the best, I think he's just my favorite center in this draft class. I, he's a guy who was a captain of his offensive line. He led the charge. I think that he could be a guy that you could draft maybe in the second round. Maybe you don't even need a first-round pick. But you prioritize getting him to say, hey, you know what, Mason, you're doing really good, but this is the future. 
and maybe Schmidt sits, sits out for a year if, if Mason Cole's still doing the thing. But I think eventually he works his way in there, and then he can be your leader on the offensive line. You can build around him. The Steelers have always had very good centers on their best teams. And I think that that could be a part of it. But also, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers say, you know what? We've got our leaders. We've got Najee. We've got we, we've got Kenny on the on the offense. He's still got Minka and TJ and those guys on, on defense. We got those presences in the locker room. Now we need to start just adding ammunition, whether that is an offensive lineman. Because even the cornerbacks in this draft class, when you look at the top guys, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, all those guys – not exactly cap, not captains. They were leaders on the field and how they played. And I think all three of those guys had good heads on their shoulders to be able to say what they needed to say and, you know, take charge of a moment. But I'm not sure if they're the, the caliber of leader that necessarily, you know, that's one of their top qualities along right with their talents. But I, I say all that to say, I think that that's that's another factor that we don't account for when we're evaluating draft players is their off the field presence or their in the locker room presence as far as reshaping things. I think that's something that the Steelers they felt like they had enough of in the 2010s and they didn't get enough of those guys adding to that room and I think that that was part of their problem was at times they didn't have enough leaders in the right places to kind of hold the fort down in the right in the big moments. And, and hold each other accountable and set the tone that helps, you know, kind of push things along. Because I don't care how great of a coach you are, if you don't have leaders on your team, you're not going to be winning Super Bowls. And maybe that's just something the Steelers are also looking to build with. And who knows, maybe they'll do it again with their first round pick this year. But we got a lot of questions you, you, you guys have been ca- calling in. I'm going to try to get to some more of them in this show on a Friday show. Jenna Hunter can't be with us because she's busy this week, but she promised to be back next week. So you'll see her there. We'll address all that and more uh, just in the, uh, just in this next segment on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, before we do any of that, I'd love to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Ultimate Football GM, the ultimate experience. If you want to be an NFL GM, this is your chance to play the game that lets you be in that seat. You can You can make the draft picks. You can trade players you can fire and hire coaches you can you can build your staff build your facilities and do all that to become the greatest dynasty that ever lived in football you get 25 seasons as a gm how many championships can you win i have 19 in my first 25 season run i'm in my second now i already have 17 championships and 19 years looking to keep improving that if you want to compete with me download ultimate gm right now uh to play the ultimate football gm game at ultimate-gm.com or or you can download the game in your app store on your phone. And when you download the game, Locked On Steelers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise by using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, all capital letters, all one word. Make sure to check out this, this game today. Again, download it at ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing our show here. Um, first, I'm going, I know that there's probably some people wondering out there, where Chris, what do you think about the Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson thing? And if you're one of those people, I'll give you my honest opinion before I start asking questions. Now, for those who don't know what, what's going on, I'll give you a quick, 
a quick brief synopsis. Ben Roethlisberger was talking about quarterbacks on his on his podcast, Football, in which you should all check out because it's it's really entertaining. But he was talking about it. He brought up Lamar Jackson, and he talked about how, you know, to defend Lamar Jackson, you bring safeties down in the box because you want to force him to stay in the pocket and throw. You don't want to let him get, get out of the pocket. And so he can – he basically – I think in his words, he said Lamar Jackson is, you know, isn't effective from the pocket. And that, of course, set – the internet and talk shows ablaze because then people were pulling out Ben Roethlisberger's pocket pocket passer numbers versus Lamar Jackson's pocket passer numbers. And I'm sure there's somebody out there wondering, Chris, what do you think? Here's what I think. I do not care. I'm so tired of these conversations with Lamar Jackson. He's a, he's a very good quarterback. I, you know, any, anyone that thinks he's a running back, listen, I get it. Either you're a Steelers fan or you just don't like Lamar Jackson. The guy is an NFL MVP quarterback. He threw 36 touchdowns and six interceptions in a single season. That's a six to one touchdown to interception radio passing, not running. Ben Roethlisberger never did that. He has, he has his own thing. Still Ben Roethlisberger, better quarterback. When you look at their careers, that's that, that's a fact right now, but Lamar Jackson's also very young in his career. Why does, everything have to be non-contextual drives me nuts i can't take it anymore ah sorry i had to get that out basically the point is don't not every player has to always be compared i think ben roethlisberger what he was saying was the tactic the steelers used to to limit lamar jackson was just simply you know they're going to make sure they pressure him because the Steelers didn't just let him sit in the pocket. They they brought pressure because they didn't want him to be comfortable. But when they brought pressure, they also had to make sure he did not break out and lose contain because that is when he is at his most dangerous, which is correct. Um, you know, for but and, but for people that are trying to say Lamar Jackson, he's a better quarterback because look at his numbers in the pocket. They're more marginally better than Ben's numbers in the pockets. Give me a break. Oh, all of it is just so tiring. Anyways, let's get to your questions that are actually cool and actually important uh, because I think that these, there's a lot of fans out there that that, that have set, that want to have sensible discussions and not just these, these yell fests that we see over, over these things. Anyways, let's start with our friend Dave from Los Angeles, California, who asks a question about a former Pittsburgh player in the NFL draft. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about, and that's why receiver Jordan Addison. Hi, Chris. This is Dave calling from Los Angeles. Um, I love the show. Um, I have a question. If Jordan Addison would be available at 32, would the Steelers take him or drop back if they get a good trade offer and hope that he's available? Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for your question. And again, if you ever want to call again on the Locked On Steelers hotline, it's 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. Really helps me with editing and everything. But, um, Dave, thank you for your question. Jordan Anderson is a player that I like. I covered him for two years at Pitt. I thought he was really talented. I think that he um, he's you know a little undersized. I think that him going to USC didn't exactly work out the best for him just with how things played out there this year. Uh, <gasps> Uh, well, I mean, on the field, off the field, he got paid a lot of money. So he actually did work out well, really well for him. But point being, I am all for adding Jordan Addison to the roster, but not at 32 and not at 17, which might mean they don't get him. And I think that's okay. I know I just had on Alan Saunders this week, and he was talking about the importance of a slot receiver and adding him. And I think Jordan Addison would be a really good slot option for Kenny Pickett. And those two would pick up. Uh, I think they have some serious chemistry. And if you if you want to see some chemistry, go back and look at Pitt's win over Virginia in 2021. 
when Jordan Addison caught four touchdowns and that was the day I was like, yeah, that guy's the best receiver in the country that for that season. Um, and especially the game winning touchdown where he basically broke open, beat his man, Kenny Pickett under through the ball. He went back and it was going to be intercepted for, and, and basically the game would have been over. Jordan Addison came back, went over the defender, caught it, took it off the defender and then went all the way for a touchdown. Jordan Addison's a very talented guy. I just think that, where he's valued. I'm not sure 32 is the pick because I really, really think that the Steelers either get their uh, their offensive tackle at 17 or they're getting him at 32. But I think if they wait too long, maybe 49, maybe you can get Matthew Burge on and feel good about it. But I think they need to come away with at least one in this draft class. Um, and I think that that's, that's, the th- that's something there. I think that there's still other slot receivers they could wait around for, like Jaden Reed, Jonathan Mingo, guys like that in the later rounds who could definitely fit in. But I think that Jordan Addison right now, or at 32, just a little too much for me. He might be gone before 32. He might not even be an option. Just depends on what people value him as. But uh, I think that he's certainly a value. If he's sitting there at 49, run to the board, take him. I think that's a win. I think that you got Kenny Pickett's weapon. You have three receivers that you that, that you're confident about this year. Four, if you count Calvin Austin, you have Pat Fryermuth. Bing, bang, boom. You got offensive weapons. And if Kenny Pickett comes correct this year and the offensive lines together, you might have a really, really fun offense to watch. But I think at 32 and 17, you're looking at corner, you're looking at defensive line, you're looking at offensive tackle. That's the, those are the positions I value for those spots. But not something if they did it at 32, I wouldn't hate it. I would just think that, okay, what are you going to do with those other positions? Anyways, uh, good slot receiver question there, Dave. I want to get to another slot option here that's a little more non-conventional thinking that actually tallies back to something when we had Mark Caboli of The Athletic on the show. Here's John from Wellsville, New York. Hey, Chris. This is John from Wellsville, New York. I'm a longtime watcher of the of the podcast on YouTube, and I do subscribe. Uh, wanted to talk to you about um, three things. Um, first of all, we're talking about the slot uh, receiver, Connor Hayward. Uh, put him at slot. I think he's uh, uh, big and strong enough to do that. Uh, then, uh, in terms of edge, I like the guy out of Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. Um, he has two consecutive um, double-digit sack seasons and would be a very good fit, I think. And then lastly, another Isaiah. Isaiah Bolden is an undrafted free agent out of Jackson State, 6'2", 205, uh, Let me hear your take on that. I think he would get a lot out of uh, Patrick Peterson's tutelage. Thank you. Thank you for your question there, John. Um, first, uh, let me address the Connor Hayward situation. I think Connor Hayward is it can be a talented utility guy on the offense. I do not think you want to live with him in the slot. I think that now, here's the thing. You could draw packages where he lines up in the slot. And he can be used in some ways like that. Especially if you want a big slot type of guy that could be a more of a blocker. But I don't think you should just make him a slot receiver per se. I think you should have a really good slot receiver on your roster. It's an important part of an offense in 2023 uh, with how the with how the NFL works. So uh, I I hear what you're saying there, but I think it's more of a utility thing. I think that uh, that Connor Hayward's fine at you know at play at playing the H back role or sort of like the third extra tight end. If you remember David Johnson 
that's the role I think that that Connor Hayward works in. And you can kind of rotate him out to the slot because he does have good hands and he is a good athlete. And I think that that shouldn't be overlooked. Um, and I think that that's something that you could absolutely, you know, take advantage of if, if you know, in certain in certain formations. But again, specialty package formations, not consistent slot receiver things. I think that that's something that. Uh, that you actually should draft a receiver like Jordan Addison or Mingo or a lot of these other guys for. But there's another question as far as tight as far as the tight ends that we want we want to get to from the listeners. We'll get to it right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll, we will be right back. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter. Let's get let's keep going with your questions here on the show. Remember, you can call in at four one two 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 three six six four four. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep and keep your question under a minute so we can get you on the show. Interesting question here regarding um, regarding the regarding the tight end position because that's where Connor Hayward played this year, and uh, we had our friend DT from Tucson who had a question as far as how the Steelers should handle the draft and even Pat Fryermuth. Hey, Chris, this is DT from Tucson, Arizona. I'm from Jeanette originally, but I live in Tucson now. Um, my question is, would you draft two blocking tight ends with the thought of trading Friar Moose that they both work out? That way you don't have to pay Friar Moose at the end, plus he's had several concussions. And we can have tight ends that work with the strength of what our offense is doing right now. Because I'm at the point where um you can't you can't have pass cut catching tight ends when you're you're mainly a run team. So let me know what you think. Bye. Thank you for the question, DT. First of all, no, I don't think they should trade Pat Frymuth. I, I think that he's a he's a good tight end. I think that let's see how he gets through this season healthy. If if he does keep getting concussions, maybe then you do explore something in the future. I wouldn't draft two tight ends. I wouldn't rule out drafting a tight end this year, though. And I know they brought back Zen, Zach Gentry, and I know they have Frymuth, and I know they have Connor Hayward. But Connor Hayward's still not your traditional tight end build. He's a little bit shorter. Again, that's why I think he's the H-back role. He's the guy that you can kind of flex out as your extra tight end, slash flex out as your fullback, slash flex out, or you know, bring him as a sidecar in the shotgun formation to you know protect Kenny Pickett or put him in the slot you know, as a temporary thing there. That's that's a whole different role than just being a traditional tight end. But this is a deep tight end class, and I get where DT where you're going, DT. I understand what you're trying to say with that. Hey, if this is a deep tight end class, why not take advantage of it? There's also other deep parts of this NFL draft class. I think the Steelers should tap into, and if they're going to draft two tight ends this year, I think they'd have to do so one in the second round, and then another maybe in the third or at at, at latest the fourth round and i think that if you're doing that you're missing out probably on a combat they, they still need an offensive tackle a linebacker a defensive lineman a corner maybe two corners i just don't think tight end is an important enough position right now for the steelers to double dip there and then just to avoid paying pat Fryermuth two years down the road uh because that's when uh, his contract would, would run up uh, i think that they if if that becomes an issue two, two years down the road that becomes an issue or two issue two years down the road but i think that as it stands right now let him play 
Uh, you've got back Zach Gentry. Uh, you can bring in other guys. But the question is, if they were to draft a tight end, who would it be? We have a question from Chris Freeman of New Jersey about that very question. Hey, Chris. This is Chris Freeman from New Jersey. And looking at last season, a lot of our success in the second half came from 12 personnel. Just looking at that, I know tight end is probably not one of the biggest needs for the Steelers right now, but what can a guy like Darnell Washington do in this offense alongside a Pat Fryer move? I know it's kind of tricky because 32 might be too high for a guy drafting a tight end, but at 49, he might not be there. I just think about him being able to block like a tackle and what a ridiculous catch radius he has and freakish after the last of him. You know, just your thoughts on it. Chris Freeman, I'm Chris Carter. But Chris is we right here. I like Dar- Darnell Washington. And listen, I, I think Michael Myers, the best tight end prospect of this class. I think Dalton Kincaid is, is up there too. Um, but my favorite prospect as far as a fit and value, which you can get in this year's class, is Darnell Washington. He blocks the heck out of people. He's like 6'7", 270. He's huge. He moves. His catch radius is ridiculous. He can. He's shown he can use his catch radius while also being a really good blocker. I wouldn't take – he's not. He's definitely not going at 17. I think he's too high at 32. But just like I said with Jordan Addison, he's there at 49. I think the Steelers would be happy about that pick because then you get that 12 personnel extra blocker guy. And if he's not ready, you still got Zach Gentry to kind of play that right now. But I think for the long term, he could be the guy where if you if you draft him and two years down the line, Pat Frymuth isn't working out, then you have you're hopefully maybe you have your got your tight end of the of the, of the future. But um, you could also roll with him for the next four years. And if Pat Frymuth gets to that point, you want to pay Pat, Pat, Pat Frymuth, you keep him, you pay him, you keep him, and then you got both of those guys because Darnell Washington will at least have two more years on under contract, under his rookie contract. And I, I like him there. But, you know, there's other guys too. Like I said, uh, there's Luke Musgrave of, of, of Oregon State. I think he's another guy. He's 6'6", 253. That's, that's, a, that, that's a good frame. Uh, there's Sam Laporta. He's a bit shorter from Iowa. Um, he's really talented as, as a receiver when he's, when he's got the ball in his hands. But I, I look more so at Darnell Washington because he could be that blocking tight end that we've been talking about on this show. He can bigger, stronger, helping the run game, helping the 12 personnel packages and really cause some flex problems for defenses that are looking at some personnel mismatches. And that could very well be an advantage the Steelers look to exploit if they're able to put Pat Frymuth and Darnell Washington on the field. Both are vertical threats. Both are receiving threats. But Darnell Washington, especially as a as a run blocking threat, you could have your two receivers out with Najee Harris. And man, that would give... I think Matt Cannon and Kenny Pickett a lot to play with there. Uh, but again, going back to DT's question about do you draft two tight ends? I think that one's fine enough in this draft class, but drafting two might limit you. Now, there's also the question of with 32, you mentioned if they don't draft at 32, maybe he's not there at 49. This is where I think that trading back from 32 could really help. You could trade down from 32, pick up an extra third round pick or so, and then you still keep, you're still keeping, you're not trading out of the second round. You're still keeping that second round pick there uh, with that 32, maybe dropping it down into the upper 40s or, or, or so. Um, so then you're picking, you're still picking twice in the second round, but you're also picking twice in the third round. So then you could have a little bit more flexibility. And then if you draft a tight end, then you're also getting another pick 
in the third round that goes to another one of your needs. So again, I like Darnell Washington. He's my favorite as far as value and where I think you can get him in this NFL draft class. I don't think he's going uh, in the first round. I don't think he's going to go in the top 40, but I do think once you hit 40, that's where I think some teams might be speculating. Can we get that guy? Because he's a freakish athlete and he fit, he could fit a lot of needs, especially in today's NFL and style. We've gone over a lot of questions, but yeah, we still have a lot more that we'll go over next week as, as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. We are less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL draft, but we have, we'll continue to have all our coverage here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks so much for tuning in again. As always, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, where I cover all things Pitt athletics. If you're going to the Blue Gold, Gold Spring game where Pitt plays itself in a scrimmage and invites fans out at Accrature Stadium 1 p.m. Saturday, I'll be there. Hit me up. I'd be happy to meet with you uh, and anyone that's a fan of the show. You can also follow this show, the Locked on Steelers podcast, on all your favorite podcasting apps, uh, especially on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content we thank you for making the lockdown steelers podcast your first listen every day and remember mock draft monday is next monday and there's only two mock draft mondays left so catch my twitter account at carter critiques or check out the lockdown steelers facebook group to to post your chance to be one of the final two winners of mock draft money and get your picks talked about on the show we'll see who wins on the monday episode until then have a great weekend everybody i'll see you soon steeler nation 